Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern Ned Reynolds back in the studio on a Friday morning. It's double red Friday today. We've got a red on for the Chiefs, and you should get your red on for the Cards. Kicking off their three-game series with the Phillies. You had a feeling it was going to be Montgomery who got the start tonight. Wrong-o. I was wrong. It's Jose Quintana who's going to get the start. About that. Well, in a sense, yes, but in a sense, no, too. It's kind of a double-edged sword because Montgomery is young and has not faced this kind of pressure before, whereas Quintana has been around. He's an old-timer. He's 33. He's an old-timer. And the <laughs> Cardinals got him in the trade deadline deal with the Pittsburgh Pirates. So Quintana comes in, and actually he's been pretty good for the Cardinals. He has a 3-2 and two record with St. Louis. And an ERA of 2.01, which is nothing short of spectacular. He is what's known in baseball as an innings eater. In other words, he can he's not necessarily going to overpower batters, but he is going to be able to accomplish a lot of innings and save time for the bullpen. The bullpen will be in this game. Quintana won't complete it. He pitched 62 innings for the Cardinals, allowed these are the these are the frontline stats. 18 runs on 54 hits and had 48 strikeouts. That's good. He is facing Zach Wheeler, a Philadelphia Wheeler, is a guy the Phillies got from the New York Mets, and Wheeler in his time with the New York Mets was nothing short of outstanding. Great pitcher, but did have arm surgery like many of them do these days, and now has attempted to come back and has been a big winner for Philadelphia. Should be a very good pitching matchup. It's a one o'clock game or shortly after today, and then the next two, certainly tomorrow's will be played. It's the best of three series are at night, 7 or 6.30, I beg your pardon, and then 6.30 both nights if they have to play Sunday as well. And we'll see what happens. Hopefully they can get that dub, put it early so we can relax on Sunday. <laughs> um, you know, you when you put the, the thought out that Montgomery might start today, I I was I want, I want wanted to believe that, but also you want to kind of maybe hold him back just in case you need him tomorrow or possibly Sunday. Um, but uh, Cardinals pitchers kind of, came around with a pretty good season. If they had a, a, a remarkably good for Cardinals pitching and then not so good toward the end of the year. Tomorrow's pitcher will probably be Miles Michaelis. He had the most wins of any Cardinals pitcher this year. He was 12-13. and 13. That's a little misleading with a 3.29 ERA, which is a very good ERA. But Michaelis had some bad luck and didn't get a lot of offensive support, especially when the Cardinals were slumping in uh, oh, late July and then early August, and they did go through a bit of a slump. Wait a minute, what about Adam Wainwright? What's happened to him? Well, he had uh, 191 innings this year and was 11-12 and 12 on the season, but he was faltering down the stretch. Cardinals will save him until Sunday and then pitch, uh, assuming they win, Jordan Montgomery on uh, Monday or Tuesday it would be. Uh, I thought he'd get the start, but... You know, Montgomery was was big for the Cardinals, six and three. He was six wins, three losses, and pitched very, very well. How about Dakota Hudson? Well, he is not on the roster for this round of the playoffs. And out of the bullpen, well, we'll see what happens, but the Cardinals do have Ryan Hensley on there, and uh, Helsley has been nothing short of outstanding. Nine and one on the campaign, 94 strikeouts in 64 innings. Now think about that. Helsley comes in. He's kid out of Tahlequah, Oklahoma. Can really rifle that baseball. He is big time tough. But he did jam his hand in, I think, the final game of the regular season or, or maybe the game before. I'm not sure what it was. Don't think that's a bit of a problem, but he's your big man out of the bullpen. It's, uh, it's pretty good. The Cardinals can throw a good pitching staff at anybody.
They really could. Um, now let's flip sides. What about the numbers at bat? I think they had a pretty good season when it comes to, well, obviously we got a guy hitting a lot of home runs this year. Well, you did have Pujols, who carried the team, folks, in my opinion, carried the team through August and September. It was Pujols. It was not Paul Goldschmidt. Schmidt, uh, Goldschmidt may win the MVP award. He very bad at 317 this year and did have 35 home runs and 115 RBIs, which are great stats. But there's Albert. There is Albert with 24 home runs on the season, folks. 24 homers, and he didn't play for much of May and June. He kind of uh, was rotated in and out, but ended up with 24 home runs, 703 for his career, and he is carrying a red-hot bat. Albert's batting 270 on the year and does have 68 RBIs. Cardinals have a pretty good offense. Nolan Arnado is in there. You have Tommy Edmund, Lars, Newt Barr has done well. Yadier has not. Yadier hasn't batted very well at all. 214 with only five homers on the year. But Yadier, hey, come on. He's playing out the stretch, as is Albert. And Albert, a little bit more motivation. He wants that place in the playoffs, and he's going to get it. Who's not on the roster? Tyler O'Neill and Nolan Gorman. They're not on the roster for these first three games. May be added for the next three or next five, it would be, if the Cardinals continue to play. We'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting, but here we are. Postseason, and I was at Coyotes last night for Thursday night football, mm-hmm. and we just everyone kept saying this is the best time of the year because you got postseason baseball, football is going hard, both pro and college, and you've got hockey getting ready to start, and you've got basketball starting. Everything is happening all at once. It is, it absolutely is, and you can equate it a little bit too toward the holiday portion of the season. While baseball is not in the figure. They do have their postseason awards, but when the holidays come around, then you have the influx of college bowl games, you have the pro football situation going on, you have basketball and hockey. It's really well-structured, so we are not in any kind of boredom. Of course, we know the fate of the Cardinals. They face off with the Phillies. A lot of other great matchups this weekend, but there are some that have a bye, if you will. Mm Mm-hmm. They play starting, what, Tuesday, Tuesday next week? Yeah, the next round of playoffs, and everybody will be involved in that, uh, is a best of five. It's called the divisional playoffs. Best of five, they get they get it done pretty quickly. And we talked about this yesterday, too. In my opinion, Mike, this is yeah, I know it's necessary. This is the way the whole situation morphs out with 30 teams, and you have 12 of them in the playoffs. But the season's going too long. We're going into the colder time now. It's going to be on the chilly side up in St. Louis for this weekend, and it will be elsewhere as well. But they, they being Major League Baseball, have to look over this situation and make a decision. It's not going to work, but they're going to make a decision or have to to end the season at least in the third and maybe at the latest fourth week in October. Because going into November, which they will this year, of course, the schedule's been convoluted, but it's still going too long. Okay, nonetheless, you have the Divisional Series coming uh, beginning on Tuesday. It'll end by next weekend. Then you have the League Championship Series. It's best of seven. And from there comes the World Series, which I think is scheduled to start on October 28th. Exciting stuff. All right, speaking of which, uh, something that was very much the opposite of exciting, Thursday Night Football last night. I don't know how many times I yelled out in Coyotes, how the hell did we lose to Indianapolis? (laughs) Those teams, I mean, yes, they are banged up, and they're missing some key guys on each team, but I just, 
watching that game, I was like, first of all, it was a snooze fest. But really, other than Hines getting nailed in the very beginning, um, it it was just, God, how did we lose to them? don't you suppose that Denver is asking themselves that same question? How did we lose to this team? But they did. Indianapolis comes away with a 12-9 win in overtime. And Denver, uh, I don't know, Denver made some for, uh, you know, you've got a really top-notch quarterback, or at least he's supposed to be anyway, coming over from the Seattle Seahawks. And they made some really dumb plays. It was not a very exciting game. And I'm sure the Denver folks, and you could hear the chorus of boos coming down uh, from the uh, from the stadium, and it was a filled stadium. But Indianapolis goes to Denver and gets a 12-9 to win in overtime. And I don't know how the Indianapolis Colts are doing it, but they are, I guess, with smoke and mirrors. I, by the grace of God, is what I would probably say. But yeah, nothing is more. Uh, obviously, as Chiefs fans, we wanted the result that we got. We wanted the Colts to beat the Broncos because it just helps our case in the division. But nothing sucks the air out of Denver quicker than making your team go to overtime at home and lose the whole damn thing when they could have won it easily. Oh, well, who cares? Not my team. All right, big college games this weekend for a lot of teams in college football. Here in town, we have a big one. And this for Missouri State, and I think they're going to get a win out of this one, is one that they really have to win. The Bears have lost three straight, two of them in the conference. Missouri State is winless in the Missouri Valley Conference. They're 0-2. Boy, falling to Southern Illinois this weekend. That's going to be very problematic. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Bears get the win. They'll play at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, Plaster Sports Complex. SIU is very good. They have a better record than the Bears. Bears are 2-3. and three. Southern Illinois is 3-2 and two and ranked above the Bears. They're 17th in America. Missouri State is 20th. don't think that's going to figure into the mix because I think the Bears are ready to come out and play some football. I thought they were last week and did not. I do think they will this week have to tighten up that defense. But the Bears in Southern Illinois, Missouri, goes down to the Swamp in Gainesville, Florida, to play the Florida Gators. If Missouri plays as well as they did against Georgia on Saturday, then Missouri can get a win. But they have to be motivated, they have to be sharp, and that's up to the coaching staff to get that team ready. Arkansas plays at Mississippi State in Starkville. That'll be a tough assignment. I think the Razorbacks bounce back and play a whole lot better. Here's one that really is very interesting, and it is on the national scale. Big 12 conference game. Whoever thought that Kansas would be undefeated at this time of the year, they are nationally ranked, and they are taking on Texas Christian. And all Texas Christian, otherwise known by the acronym TCU, all they did last week was score 27 points in the first quarter against Oklahoma and burying Oklahoma 55-14. to that's, that's amazing. Texas A&M Alabama in Tuscaloosa was thought to be one of the big games of the year. Alabama is only a 24 and a half point favorite over the Aggies. The coaches hate each other. At least they they had a t- <laughs> they, no they big don't, they don't take like out each take other. this weekend or actually this summer. They really went after each other big time. But we'll see what happens. And then you have the Red River Shootout coming up at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. It'll be sold out. They'll have 75, 80,000 fans on hand. But the Oklahoma-Texas game has lost a lot of its glamour because these teams have not played well. Oklahoma has really faltered in this one. And Texas is a slight favorite going in. But that's all part of the big games coming up. Chiefs play on Monday night. And my K-State Wildcats, who are ranked 20 in the nation right now, play against Iowa State at Iowa State tomorrow night. 
But uh, as a fan of them and have known uh, how good TCU has been and always kind of seems to have our number, if the KU Jayhawks can go into TCU and beat them, they are the real deal. Well, the game is in Lawrence, and that makes a big deal. Uh, The big difference between Kansas is, while they haven't in the past, they have been selling out their football games here. Fans are suddenly very excited about the Jayhawks. This is the first time since they had their number one team in the country in 2008. Uh, and they in Missouri were one and two. That's the first time they really had any kind of, really kind of credible football team. And who do who does Missouri State play next year in their D1 pay payoff game? Kansas. You <laughs> Let's go, baby. <laughs> Ned, you have a great weekend, man. Yes, sir.